You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. morning Chicago it's that time again it's time for the folio live radio program which is the radio program of the office of human dignity and solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago I am one of your co-hosts Dawn Fitzpatrick along with my co-worker Ray Pingoy we are hosting our show for good, September good morning everyone <laughs> it's September Woohoo! September. I can't believe it. So it's, the, the things will get a little cooler. It's maybe good, the yes. start changing. And of course, school season and all that fun stuff. Right, and lots of changes. <laughs> Just in the nick of time, we're back to masks. There it is. Right. So here we are. Yes. Well, we have a very full program this morning. Yes, we do. So we actually have three guests for all of you. Um, and we're going to start out um, talking about our our cohorts in the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity, the Immigration Ministry, mm-hmm. Pastoral Migratoria. And to talk with us about that, we actually have a special guest from the USCCB. His name is Todd Scribner. He's the Assistant Director of Education and Outreach at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, Department of Migration and Refugee Services. Here he works on the intersection between migration policy, U.S. history, and the Catholic ethics, manages partnerships and research projects with major institutions, including the University of Notre Dame, the Catholic University of America, and Princeton University, and he oversees the development and distribution of policy and pastoral resources for many church-related initiatives, and I could go on and on, but let's just welcome Todd. (laughs) How are you, Todd? Hey, Todd. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's a real honor to be here. Well, we're so glad you were able to join us. I know we've we've been wanting to... um, talk about some of the things that they do in the Office of Immigration um, for a while now. So it would be nice to kind of sink our teeth into Migration Week, especially, which is coming up. So um, so let's start right there. What, what exactly is Migration Week? Sure. Yeah. So uh, National Migration Week is a annual celebration that was launched by the church. Um, it was actually launched in 1979, um, and it replaced what is was then called the Farm Work, Farm, uh, National Farm Worker Week, oh. which looked primarily at um, migrant farm workers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the bishops wanted to do um, at the end of the 1970s was sort of expand the sort of outlook on, on, on the different types of migrant populations that we work with um, on a day-to-day basis. And so they kind of rejiggered the the week and made it National Migration Week, and it's been going strong ever since uh, 1981. I think was mm-hmm. when it was first mm-hmm. celebrated uh, officially, but it, it was a couple of years in in the making and in the planning process. Um, and so, you know, this year we are um, looking at a number of different um, aspects of of migration and and really trying to do it within in solidarity with the Vatican. Um, we can talk a little bit more about uh, the World Day of Migrants and Refugees, um, if you'd like to get into that sure. now. Um, it is on September 26th, uh, It is, and National Migration Week is the week leading up to it. Okay. Um, for a long time, National Migration Week was held in the, it began the Monday after the Feast of the Epiphany, 
So it was in early January. Mm. It was kind of a very difficult time to do mm -hmm. National Migration Week just right. because it was coming off Christmas and the New Year's, you know, people kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, and it was done uh, around that period primarily because the Pope had, you usually release his Migration Day message in the first week of Advent. Um, and so we wanted it to be coincide, the, the bishops wanted it to coincide roughly with the Migration Day message so that there was some solidarity between the Vatican and, and the U.S. Church on these issues. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, Pope Francis, about two years ago, I believe it was now, moved uh, the World Day of Migrants and Refugees to the last Sunday in September, which is where it's always held. This is a really good opportunity for us to try and kind of shift the timing for National Migration Week. Uh, and, you know, the bishops, you know, saw that as a, a good idea. And so this is the first year that it will now be held the week leading up to the World Day of Migrants and Refugees. Mm -hmm. Now, we are holding, you know, the, the, the Pope usually issues a theme, uh, always does, uh, for the World Day. Um, and, you know, this year it's, it's towards an ever wider we. Um, and we are, uh, for National Migration Week, we are picking up on that theme um, to show continuity you know, that we're a, we're a church in a national context, sure. obviously. Sure. We have unique experiences in the United States, but we're not bound by national borders per se. You know, we are part of the universal church. And so it's really important that we show a kind of the solidarity with, with Pope Francis um, and the Vatican, you know, in the messaging and the work that we do, you know, pastoral and service-oriented work with, with migrants across the board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things happen during mi Migration Week? We've got a bunch of we've got a bunch of things leading up to it, um, mm -hmm. and um, you know a bunch of, of things that happen during it. Uh, first of all, I think the most important thing that we could point to, and I really want to point out, this isn't about policy or advocacy. This is really about pastoral care, right. uh, primarily. That's the way I see this, and it's about education and it's about service to migrants. Um, you know, and I think that's everyone can get behind that, no matter how they position themselves. You know, on on kind of complex and conflicting policy issues. Um, related to migration and immigration. Um, so, but one of the things that, that I would really urge your listeners to do is to, to reach out to their bishops, um, you know, depending upon where they're listening to this, yeah. and urge them to, to celebrate World Day of, the World Day of Migrants and Refugees Mass on September 26th in solidarity with the Pope. You know, and for all priests who are listening to this, take, take this as an opportunity to kind of offer up a Mass, to celebrate Mass, and thinking about migrants, uh, and, and you know, including refugees and immigrants and unaccompanied children, mm -hmm. um, the displaced persons um, all across the uh, all across the world, sure. as, as you know, in, in in your mass on on that Sunday, that would be one thing uh, I would really urge. We have a uh, an event next Wednesday, a webinar, mm -hmm. uh, which is celebrating and looking to National Migration Week and the World Day. Uh, it'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can, if you go to um, the MR, our Migration Refugee Services webpage or our National Migration Week webpage, um, or you follow us on social media, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hype around it. So sure. you'll, you'll get information how you can, well, how you can join. This will probably be airing after the fact, but it will be recorded on our website mm -hmm. uh, that you can go back and look at it. And it's going to bring in someone from the Vatican. It's going to have Elena Segura is going to be on mm -hmm. it, talking about her pastoral migratoria. Sure. Um, and then it's going to have someone laid in, Rovello Krul, who's from the um, uh, the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, talking about some of the things they're doing on the local level as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so take a chance to, to look back on, on it if you, if you can, um, you know, in advance of National Migration Week, because they'll give you some really good tips at what you can do. Um, I would also urge people, if they have the opportunity during National Migration Week, if you have a local Catholic charities, you know, reach out to the local Catholic charities and see how you might be able to volunteer or provide support. Because a lot of a lot of the Catholic charities across the country have migration ministries of some sort, a lot of service provision mm -hmm. uh, to these populations um, who are sometimes underserved. You know, they do some dioceses have, a, you know, a large refugee resettlement program so you can help out with refugees. Um, Every community has immigrants, um, and so you can provide support to to immigrants through, you know, Catholic charities and other social service agencies who are who are looking for support. Mm -hmm. And this is a great opportunity this week to kind of just reflect, just in this week, on migrants and how the church engages these populations on a regular on a regular basis. I mean, it's set aside by the church for this right. purpose. It's one week out of the year, 
uh, and I'd really urge all your listeners to, to take advantage of it um, for that purpose. Well, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because people may, they, this is one of those issues that people think is political, just like with yeah. ab abortion and, you know, end of life issues. People think it's political, but we're really just talking about people and taking care of people here, which is what the church is called to do. You know, even if even if we don't like what the government's doing, it doesn't matter. We're, we're still called to take care of people. So I, th I think it's so important for people to understand that, you know, politics aside, this this is just a, a human a human dignity issue. And we're called um, to that solidarity. Yes. Right? And you mentioned it. Todd, if I can ask this question, because usually, as you mentioned, it's uh, it leads from uh, Advent season. It leads from uh, in, in here in Chicago, we have a Posada. And so we start yeah. reflecting upon, you know, Mary and Joseph knocking on those doors uh, in the inns. And now, you know, with, with uh, I, I want to take it to the conversation of like the domestic church of the family. How can we, in, in our small little domestic church, how can we uh, bring towards this solidarity, this call to solidarity within the family? Good question. Um, you know, one of the big problems we see, particularly in terms of forced migration, is is the separation of families. Mm -hmm. um, and right. you know, the family is such a it's a it's the core institution in any culture and in any society. It is sort of the formal, uh, fundamental place where children are educated and formed in such a way that they can become, you know, God fearing, productive. Right, yeah you know, human beings who take advantage of talents. I mean, that's where it occurs. And when family separation occurs, and it occurs in a lot of different areas outside of immigration as well, but where it occurs, you know, it, it, it's, it's disruptive, anti-cultural kind of force, mm -hmm. I think, particularly if it's, if it's a, a, a result of a forced, you know, migrant situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look, uh, you know, right now when this is, when we're talking, you know, the situation in Afghanistan um, right. and a lot of families that are trying to escape these conditions, which are, are really daunting, um, you know, and the United States is trying to help there. Um, you have a lot of people coming across the border, and, you know, and again, setting politics aside for a minute, you know, they're feeling really, they're fleeing really dangerous situations, many of them. Mm -hmm. And so how can the church as a church and not as a political institution kind of reach out to these populations who are here and provide support? And again, I, I you know, I would urge to reach out to Catholic Charities, um, to um, you know, other social service agencies that provide help to migrants. That would be one way. Prayer is mm -hmm. obviously yes, a, just yeah. a crucial component as well. I mean, we believe in the power of prayer. You know, we 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 take time to go to church every week or multiple times a week. Many of the listeners, I'm sure, mm -hmm. and just offering up a prayer for migrants and their families, um, because it's it's hard to overestimate the extent to which some of them are in really dangerous situations. They're forced to flee from their homes because of religious persecution, because of political persecution. Um, they're threatened with 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 violence and potentially even death because they may be Christian, um, mm -hmm. or they may be of some other religion, or they may you know support a political um, a political you know group that is at odds with the established government, and so. They're driven from their homes, um, right. and it, it's an incredibly disruptive thing. So, in short, reach out to local agencies to see how you can help migrants who live in your communities. Mm -hmm. Take an opportunity at Mass whenever you go to offer up a prayer for these communities and for the people who are often in dire situations. Educate yourself a little bit more about what's going on, um, you know, in terms of migration. It's a really complex issue. There's a lot of, I know, political kind of animosity and, right. and, you know, craziness that emerges, but, you, but we can really get beyond that, I think, as a church and recognize that we have, that we have a, a particular calling to provide support to these populations. Great. All right. So it is time for our first break. So if you can hang with us, Todd, we'll talk some more about this sure. on the other side. Great.
welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States, and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. Uh, you're listening to Dawn and Ray from the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. And we are speaking with Todd Scribner, the Assistant Director of Education and Outreach at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops in the Department of Migration and Refugee Services. Um, that's, that's a mouthful, Todd. <laughs> it's quite a title. <laughs> so my uh, card, my business card is like the size of like an eight and a half by 11. Right, exactly. So I'll just give you this whole piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, we were talking about Migration Week and um, some of the reasons why as the church we are pro-immigrant, of course, um, and the fact that, um, you know, this is, should not be a political issue. Unfortunately, there's so many things that have been politicized in our country. And it's either you're on this side or the other, and you have to draw a line in the sand, and this, which is so untrue because our church is not Republican, Democrat, or independent in a party sense. We are um, just the Catholic Church. And there's certain things in our social teaching that could be on either side of that political spectrum, so to speak. So this is one of those things that it's so important we understand that human beings not only deserve to be taken care of, but it's their God-given right to have be treated with dignity. And that's really what we're talking about here. So with that in mind, I know a lot of times, you know, people associate Ray and I with, with Respect Life because that's what we do. And, um, but we're certainly in this, this larger office. And in that office, we are a part of all of the social teachings of the church and helping people to understand how life is involved in all of the social ministries. So with that, let's talk about that for a second. How, how would you relate the life topic to, uh, to the immigrant topic? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and, and they're definitely um, intertwined. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there mm -hmm. is sometimes a tendency, I think, to kind of separate them, you know, to kind of look at social justice issues on the one hand and life issues on the other hand as though right. they're kind of distinct. But really, as you, as you noted, you know, we are the church, we are the Catholic church, and all of these kind of threads really are intertwined within the Catholic teachings and the mm -hmm. moral teachings, teachings on, on the human person, on family, and so on and so forth. So, so there is a lot of overlap. Uh, how does that overlap occur? I'll give you a, a few examples. You know, um, you know, I referred earlier on to sort of forced migration situations, so refugees and internally displaced persons who are forced from their home because of their religious identity or their political identity. They're threatened with persecution, mm -hmm. with suffering, you know, with punishment and, and sometimes even with death. And so, you know, for the sake of themselves, for the sake of their family, they will flee their home. They will right. leave everything behind, everything that they had, everything that they sort of developed over 
years living within a given area, they will leave it all behind uh, in order to protect their families and themselves. And they'll flee to another country mm-hmm. and they'll hope beyond hope that they'll have an opportunity to start anew somewhere else and to rebuild their lives. And so that's one of the things that the church does and has since the Second World War, and really even before that, but formally since the Second World War, is help with the resettlement of refugee populations to give them a new opportunity to start a new life and to uh, maximize their talents and skills that were given to them. The second example, you know, a lot of people, you know, who are fleeing because of forced migration situations uh, and other, for other reasons, uh, because maybe they live in, in really bad economic situations and, you know, they can't provide for their family. They can't provide for their, um, uh, you know, they can't, you know, feed their, their children, so right. on and so forth. And so they flee and they oftentimes are at risk of human trafficking situations, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they run into the wrong crowd. And so, Many of them can be, uh, you know, brought into uh, contemporary forms of slavery, right. um, whether it's sexual slavery, it might be forced labor, mm-hmm. um, because they, you know, come across some really, really bad apples who take advantage of them and in their vulnerable position. And so that's clearly, I think, and the, you know, the human trafficking slavery situation clearly mm-hmm. intersects with the life issue. Well, and sure. a third example um, is, you know, it's just the, even if they're not forced from their homes in a sort of refugee-like situation or because they're being persecuted, there are a lot of populations in Central America and elsewhere who have very little economic opportunity. I mean, really dire situations, you know, where they can't feed their family, where they can't provide their children with education. They're just in a really bad spot. Uh, And so, you know, some of them will migrate. And that obviously intersects with, you know, legal forms of migration and so on and so forth. Setting that aside for now, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still the reality that every parent should be able to provide for their children. Every parent should be able to nurture their children, you know, with enough food, enough water, educational opportunities, so that when they grow, they will be able to, to, kind of live out their, their talents and sort of, you know, maximize what God has given to them, you know, and, and, and when they can't, it's a really, um, there's a, there's a kind of, I think a life sort of interest issue that intersects with it there. Sure. Definitely. And, you know, just making sure people are taken care of and they, they can live, live a decent life. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we have a lot of, a lot of, um, things we can enjoy in this country that a lot of other countries don't have. So we should share <laughs> to the best that we can. Yeah. Certainly, that's that's an important point. Right, um, and, and it's also, uh, again, going back to the, the nucleus of that family, you know, it, it, and it's it's unfortunate, but it is a reality here in our country, here in the U.S. It's, uh, it's hard to grapple and understand it. I mean, we see it in quote-unquote movies. You know, these, these terrible things are happening. But I, I, I want to... Um, steer a little bit of our conversation and in, in some of the practical things that we can do uh, to to showcase that it really is uh, all of these quote-unquote hot-button issues are all connected. Mm-hmm. And how do we talk to our kids? How do we talk to our family about this? Because, again, we we don't see it. We're, we're kind of surrounded by, I don't, I don't even want to say numbness, but it is a little bit of that numbness because, and we have to, invite our families to really reflect on it and be in solidarity with our brothers and sisters that are in this uh, these terrible situations. So how, do, how, how can we you know, start that conversation? And I see that there's a lot of uh, great tools in, uh, in your website, justiceforimmigrants.org, justiceforimmigrants.org. And I see a lot of these uh, uh, toolkits here. Uh, but yeah, just inviting your family to kind of talk about it, you know, to... So yeah, so I mean, I think that one of the best things you can do, you know, I mean, I can sit here and talk. I mean, you're right. We're, we're sometimes blinded by our blessings, you right. know, in a way that, we you know, you have a lot of stuff and you can start to just focus on that stuff. And it, you kind of lose sight of the fact that most people in the world aren't as blessed as we are, you know, with material possessions and opportunities and so on and so forth. So how do you, as you just said, you know, rightfully, how do you change the focus? You know, I think one of the best ways you can do it, um, and I'll turn to the website in a second, but is talk to people who have lived it. You know, talk mm-hmm. to people who have experienced these um, these really difficulties in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you know, if you can bring a migrant, you know, to your parish or a refugee to your local parish to talk 
you know, to parishioners, you know, in some sort of a some sort of a planned event. You know, hear from them, bring your children to it, and hear mm-hmm. from them what they've experienced, the difficulties that they went to to come to the United States, and what they've done, you know, after they arrived to help, you know, their local communities and their families, you know, to thrive a little bit more. So the stories from people are, are really important. Um, if you can, um, you, I mean, that's one of the best things, I think, yeah. is to personalize it. Yeah. Um, you know, the website, we do have, uh, I think, resources that are, are really helpful. Um, justiceforimmigrants.org. Um, it is a, you know, we have profiles of various populations just to give you a little bit of, of an understanding of, of what it is we're talking about, to, to kind of try and be as neutral as possible in a way, um, just to tell you who these populations are, whether they're asylees or refugees or unaccompanied migrant children who come to the United States. Um, and there's a toolkit on the website as well, which provides a lot of practical advice for things that you can do in your local communities and your local parishes and your local schools. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we are really intent on doing in the next several years, um, this is my position is a, is a fairly new position, um, even though I've been at the conference for a while. But we really want to expand our outreach and education efforts, you know, to provide more interactive resources. Um, and so stay tuned to that. I just, it's just sort of a, a teaser because it, it's really important, I think, to get people involved um, in, in a in a hands-on, yes. interactive way. Much needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're we're, we're going to do more of that. We hope so. Well, great. And you know, with with everyone understanding or hearing that this migration, this National Migration Week is coming up, leading up to the World Day of Migration and Refugees Mass on the 26th of September, maybe this would be a great time to set aside some time for your family just to educate each other, you know, to mm-hmm. take a look at this. What What is it about um, migration that the church is supporting? What is it about mm-hmm. taking care of people that has has to do with migration? You know, just learn more about it yeah. so that, um, so that you, you really do understand why this is a Catholic issue and it shouldn't be a political issue. It Being be. intentional with yes, it. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So maybe if even if your parish doesn't do anything with it, you could do something with your family or, or go to your pastor and say, why don't we focus on this that mm-hmm. week um, and do something with the this special mass on September 26th. So what a great idea. Um, all right. So Todd, we um, we really appreciate you joining us today. I know it's been uh, you're on vacation, so <laughs> thanks for joining yeah. us. Yes. Happy to be here. So Happy this has been great. Here. It's really, always it's, it's always nice to meet somebody from the USCCB and. Um, and I know you guys do great work. I'm always uh, so happy to talk to people from the USCCB because they're so helpful. They do so much for us at the diocesan level. So um, so thank you for that, Todd, and for um, agreeing to give us a half an hour of your vacation. Thank your wife and kids for us, too. <laughs> I will. I will. All Please right. reach out. I, I would just add, if people have ideas of what we can do, you know, we need to learn from you as well. I don't want to just be like spitting stuff out at you. Reach out to us. Reach out to me. Reach out to our office and let us know what we can do to do our job better and to educate you more fully on on what it is that the church stands for with with respect to migration and other issues. Great. Please. Great. Super important. And, and also know that we have a very active um, immigration ministry here at the Archdiocese of Chicago. And they actually started the National Pastoral Migratory Movement. So we would love for people to learn more about that. So you can check that out at the um, archchicago.org. All right. Well, thank you, Todd. Have a great day, a great vacation. Goodbye. We'll be back after the break. Everyone, hang on. Thanks, Todd.
Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Thanks for hanging through the break of the Fully Alive radio program, the, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You're listening to Dawn and Ray. We just had a great discussion with Todd Scrivener from the uh, USCCB talking to us about National Migration Week and, the, of course, the World Day of Migration and Refugees Mass that the Pope is um, encouraging us all to participate in in September and the importance of understanding that, you know, immigrants are people too, mm -hmm. and uh, we are here to take care we of human beings. That's our job. One with them, and it's coming up. We are one with them. It's uh, September 20th, and as Don has mentioned, the 26th, uh, September 20th, all the way through the September 26th, yep. National Migration Week. So with that in mind, we're in a very uh, diversified office where, as I said, you know, we're the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. It's all about 
taking care of people from conception and natural death. Um, and we have another one of our coworkers on the line who is going to share a little bit about some of the other ministries that we yes. do in our office. And her name is Mary Claire Birmingham, and she assumed the role of executive director at Colby House in February of 2019, becoming the first lay woman to take that role. As a member of the Colby House Advisory Board, she supported the work of our, the previous director, who happens to be Bishop Mark Bartosik, um, facilitating seamless transition into this ministry of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm just going to let that be your intro, Mary Claire, because we have lots to talk about. And I think you'll get into some of the other things that, that you sent over in the bio as well. So welcome, Mary Claire. Good morning, Mary Claire. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ray. Good to be with you this morning. Yeah, it's so nice to have you. We've been trying to get Mary Claire on for several months, so she is um, a hot commodity, <laughs> very, yeah. very popular, and uh, here we have her. So I'm so excited mm -hmm. that we can talk a little bit about the wonderful ministry that you're doing over at Colby House. So why don't you just start up by telling people what is Colby House? Sure. So Colby House is the ministry of the Archdiocese of Chicago to anyone affected by incarceration. Um, our full name, Colby House Jail Ministry, mm -hmm. points to our core ministry that of visiting the jails within our Archdiocese, Cook and Lake County. Um, so we have a core of uh, volunteers that, religious volunteers, um, Pardon me, I should say volunteers who go in to do religious ministry, to accompany people mm -hmm. in prayer, um, just in fellowship mm -hmm. in Cook County and Lake County Jail. But right. jail ministry is not all we do because incarceration affects people um, long after they leave the prison uh, or jail, and it also affects them in the community. Uh, so we have ministries to people in the jail in an assortment of ways. We visit them in Cook and Lake County Jail um, and pray with them. We also have a ministry of personal development um, in which we offer programs, almost like small group sessions mm. um, to help people gain insight um, or psychosocial skills into themselves. So for instance, one of those programs is um, a strengths assessment. We identify, we use a um, a well-developed program in identifying personal strengths. Mm -hmm. And um, so the core of that, of that program is what's right with you. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking people what's wrong with you, ask what's right with you. What do you have to contribute? And, um, and let's build from there. And it's very energizing and uplifting for um, these folks. So many of whom have never been told that anything is right with mm -hmm. them. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, so we have a host of programs in there that, um, uh, address those, those other, those parts of themselves that are all, um, also spiritually informed, but more dimensions of, of who they are and the skills they can develop. We have a letter writing ministry to people, um, across the prisons in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a telephone ministry to people on electronic monitoring. People, um, are, in the community on electronic monitoring more and more these days, um, it's a trend in uh, criminal justice, and it's wonderful that they aren't confined to the jail, but instead they are confined to their homes typically, and it's very, very isolating. Right. So our telephone ministers are um, uh, being our religious ministers, but simply through the telephone and calling people once a week to share, wow. um, to talk, to pray. Mm -hmm. Anything, any kind of companionship and fellowship. I would imagine most of our listening audience can relate to that after the COVID lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. There was often a lot of discussion in media of gaining insight um, sure. to what it might be to be uh, forcibly maintained in your home. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of differences in that your uh, incarceration is a much more intense and difficult one, but sure. but it, it really did give us in the community insight into how hard that is. So I would imagine maybe some and, people listening could even take some of their experiences from the last year and a half, and maybe they would be able to share some of their gifts with um, with with somebody who's incarcerated at home. And we would welcome that. You know, volunteers, Don, are the army of uh, ministry that, to do the work. We have a small staff here um, who are uh, 
deeply understand the situation of incarceration and criminal justice involvement. Mm -hmm. um, and so we develop programs, design ministries and ways to work with people, but it's our ministers who are uh, volunteers from across the archdiocese that we, we train, we do formation, we guide, we mentor and support in actually doing the work with people in need. And so we welcome um, that participation. Um, many, many different gifts can be, uh, different types of people can do well in our ministries. And so um, the way, if, if there are people interested out there listening, or you know someone who's moved to be active in this ministry, the best way to um, express that is go to the our website. It's on the Archdiocese of Chicago website, but the easiest way to access it would be just to type colbyhouseministry.org, colby is K-O-L-B-E, houseministry.org, or go to the Archdiocese of Chicago website and type Colby House Ministry. You'll get to our page. There's a, a section called Join Us. Um, and um, if you read through that, you'll shortly see a, a blue link that says volunteer application. Great. And it's just a little form people can fill out and it goes straight to us and our volunteer coordinator would call to talk to you more about it and explore it. It's not a commitment. It could just be an inquiry, but we'd love to hear from folks. That's how we get almost That's everybody who, who is in our ministry. Mm -hmm. Mary Claire, just uh, real quick, too. I just love the way you started with that program of, of, of just reminding them of who they are. Mm -hmm. And, that, you know, this mm -hmm. is kind of a... Uh, what we do in, in our uh, Respect Life Chastity Education uh, ministry is that we remind them of who they are and whose they are. And it really, of course, also rings true to your ministry, huh? Oh, so much so. Because in the world of criminal justice involvement, so often um, people are labeled and yes. are only seen uh, as what they are accused of doing or convicted of doing. Right. And we don't diminish that harm, grievous harm often has been done. But every person is more than the worst thing they've ever done. Mm. Every person is a child of God. And God has given us all the capacity to mm -hmm. be who he created us to be whenever, whenever we decide to turn to that. And um, so our ministry is to bring people to that to that knowledge, not only the person in that situation, justice involved, but also the community, witness to the community mm -hmm. to remember, see, this is a whole person more than the worst thing they've ever done. And very often they just want a chance to show that they, um, that they take responsibility, they've been accountable and they need a fresh start. So we really are a reconciling ministry, mm -hmm. um, reconciling people who have, um, you know, broken the bonds or been marginalized by this experience and um, to to make us, you know, help us to recognize that we're really all one body. Yes. We're one body of Christ and we need to be one body made whole. So um, the principles of restorative justice are what we work from and restorative justice is all about uh, taking responsibility, being held accountable for our the harm we've done, um, doing our best to make amends, mm -hmm. um, take the consequences as, as our, you know, as need to be commensurate with the harm done, but then to be reconciled to those, to the larger community and restored to begin again and be who we're called to be. Well, isn't this something that I think we're, we're uniquely positioned to do as Catholics? Um, I mean, we understand that God offers us forgiveness through reconciliation. And if, if we, you know, all of us are sinners, and if any of us could get to a point where we do something that's so sinful that all of a sudden people recognize it, that it, we end up getting taken away from society because of it, it could happen to anybody, you know, because we, we are right. all sinners. But to know that, that God offers that forgiveness to us, um, and we should be able to share with people that God offers that forgiveness. That's so important. Very much so. That's so much of what um, our ministers who go into the jail um, share in conversation, uh, in prayer with the detainees, um, because so often the hardest person 
that they uh, struggle to get forgiveness from is from themselves. Sure. Um, they're they're horrified by themselves. They can't see that they could ever be allowed back yeah. um, into relationship. And so our ministry is to say, you know, mm-hmm. our our Lord is is the father of the prodigal son, yes. the one always waiting for you, always, always there <laughs> in mercy um, and, and love and accompanying you. Right. And so um, he believes in you. Amen. And right. It's just waiting for you to to trust and accept him. So, um, so it's a ministry of joy. Um, it's there's a great amount of pain in it, but to be able to tell people that they're valued and beloved, yeah. despite our sins and wrongs, is um, we love our work. Our ministers love their work. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us. We're so excited. If everyone can go to ColbyHouseMinistries.org. And they can either volunteer or donate to you or just read up on what you're doing. Um, we certainly sure. encourage people to do that. Thanks for joining us, Mary Claire. Thanks, Mary it's, Claire. Been, it's been great talking to you. Have a, have a great day. Thank you. Yep. You too. Thank you so Thank much you. for this great opportunity. God bless All right. you. Bye-bye. 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 There is so much waiting for you at Catholic Charities Senior Services. We offer programs and services to help make the most of every day. Friendships and fun are guaranteed at our drop-in senior centers. Our adult daycare centers offer enjoyment and greater supervision to seniors who need it while their caregivers get a break. Holy Family Villa provides a beautiful, safe environment for seniors looking for short or long-term residential facilities. And we offer assistance with senior benefits, care coordination, congregate and home-delivered meals, hospital transition, and much more. For more than 100 years, we have accompanied seniors through every transition in their lives, and we are here for you now. Catholic Charities is a name and an agency you can trust. Call Senior Services today at 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Welcome back to our final segment of uh, Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. We've had a very full uh, session, radio show, podcast so far. 
And um, we now have one more thing we'd want to talk to you all about, and that is to introduce you to a, an event that's happening in October, um, on October 9th, actually, at the Athenaeum Theater, which is attached to St. Alphonsus in Lakeview, Chicago. Um, and to talk to us about that, I'd like to introduce to you Catherine Barranco, who is currently the president of the Tabor Life Institute, which is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization that she co-founded with Father Thomas Loya in about 2010. And after graduating from Indiana University with her bachelor's degree in business management, she was introduced to the life-transforming message of theology of the body through a homily given by Father Loya on the Trinity. The message is just profoundly affected her outlook on life and clarified a life vocation. And although she still works in the corporate world, her love and devotion for the message of theology of the body is what gives her life. And Ray and I can completely relate to that. Amen. God bless you. <laughs> so in addition to her, her day job, she also is the Byzantine Youth Coordinator for Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, in, uh, which is on the south side of Illinois, and, I mean the south side of Chicago, and coordinates speaking events with Father Loya as well as Tabor Life Sponsored Projects. Welcome, Catherine. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> it's so great to have you. So what, what we have Catherine here to talk to you about is an event um, ca called a Culture of Life concert that Catherine has organized. Um, she spoke to me about this, was it maybe last May, when you just kind of said, what do you think of this idea of having a Culture of Life concert with this beautiful pro-life Catholic um, musician and to benefit 10 Catholic organizations, pro-life organizations. Um, and of course, our Chassiette Initiative, which is also all yes, about theology yeah. of the body, is a part of that. So so you came to me with that. Tell me a little bit about this concert. Yeah, so on October 9th, at the, like you said, at the Athenaeum Theater, um, we're going to have the Culture of Life concert. Um, we are bringing in Catholic singer-songwriter Danielle Rose, who wrote um, an album about... Well, it was from uh, 2013, and the, the album is called Culture of Life. And um, each of the songs on, this, on the album uh, basically represent a different aspect of the culture of life. So not only are we, a lot of times in the pro-life um, movement, we focus a lot on abortion and, and that aspect of it, but this album kind of spans the entire spectrum of mm -hmm. what I would, what we would call culture of life. So from abortion to um, natural family planning, chastity, uh, uh, adoption, um, and all, all the way to end of life. So it kind of hits like every topic um, within, you know, within that whole culture of life. So uh, what I'm, what I've done is asked, like I said, 10 organizations to come and, um, basically introduce a song, um, from the album that then Danielle will sing. And, um, the other thing that I think is a little bit unique is I'm asking for, or it's, we're looking at doing a black tie optional, um, concert. So kind of upscale, uh, I know a lot of people with COVID have been, you know, in their rooms and their pajamas a lot because <laughs> we haven't been out that much. And so I thought that uh, it would be a fun event to get dressed up and to be with people, um, you know, at the Athenaeum Theater. So, yes, and it, it's it's going to be very exciting. We can have a thousand people there. Um, right. And it's just beautiful theater. We just recently had an event there um, in one of their smaller theaters. We had our, our Echo Mini retreat. We talked about that on the last couple of programs. Um, and it's just a it's a it's a wonderful place. And St. Alphonsus is phenomenal church anyway. It's just the most so beautiful. Um, and to right. have that theater right there, it's just great. So what are some of the other organizations? So you'll people can come to this concert and they can support the Chastity Ed Initiative of the Archdiocese. Who else will they can they be supporting? Right. So um, right now we have um, three crisis pregnancy centers. So that's Aid for Women, Waterleaf, um, which is uh, out in Aurora, mm -hmm. and then the Women's Center of Chicago. Right. We also have the Pro-Life Action League, um, which I'm sure everybody is very familiar with. Um, Pro-Life Champions, um, that is uh, headed up by um, the Moraleses. Mm -hmm. um, Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, Nativity House, which is a 
maternity house that's located in um, Blackport. Mm -hmm. And you can go to our website, which is cultureoflifeconcert.com, and you can get information about all the organizations that will be represented at the concert. Um, there's also information there on how to purchase tickets. And also if you'd like to um, additional support. So anything that you would like to do to, to help support, maybe you're not able to attend the concert, or if you'd like to place an ad in the booklet, um, you can go ahead and um, there's a, a place there for, for some additional additional support um, to help us with the, with the concert. Um, before the concert, we will have also have a um, hors d'oeuvres, drinks and hors d'oeuvres uh, pre-concert event for uh, the the top two uh, tier ticket holders. So for the premium and the VIP ticket holders, um, we'll have an, a before concert event where they'll be able to mingle with um, all of the organizations that are represented for the, at the concert. Right. And then all of the proceeds too. So this is, so Tabor Life is sponsoring this and, and um, organizing it. And then uh, what we'll be doing is donating all of the proceeds to the 10 organizations right. um, and that that will be a, a fair split between the 10 organizations so um, but we're asking you know each of the organizations to help us promote it and um, you know show your support for that organization but um, I'm really excited about it this is something that I've been planning in my head for <laughs> probably about seven years since I I met Danielle Rose and um, I'm really excited for it to be coming to life. Um, but, you know, right now is kind of still an unsure time with uh, COVID. So I'm asking for everyone to pray uh, St. Joseph. This is his year. And That's I've always right. said, if, uh, you know, if anyone's going to make this happen, it's going to be him. So um, help me pray for this event too. So St. Joseph's intercession. Absolutely. So um, if people want more information, they can go to cultureoflifeconcert.com. You could also go mm -hmm. to respectlifechicago.org and navigate to events because we will, we'll have the, all the information posted there too and how you could actually put in a link to show that you're supporting uh, the, the Chastity Education Initiative, although the proceeds will be split evenly. Um, right. And in addition, there's going to be a silent auction, correct? Yes, yeah. So um, we're asking each of the organizations to donate an item, and uh, so we'll have some additional... Um, opportunities for additional support and um, fundraising at the concert. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that'll be exciting too. So we'll have a, a silent auction um, on site there at the concert. And the other thing too is I, I wanted to, the Athenaeum Theater. So uh, we're partnering with them and I'm excited about that partnership too, mm -hmm. because they are um, taking on a new venture with the, it's called the Athenaeum um, Center for Thought and Culture, mm -hmm. and they're basically taking back the Athenaeum Theater and bringing it back to its original um, design, what it was designed for when the Redemptorists brought, um, uh, built it for <laughs> bringing Catholic um, culture to the Chicago area. So and, um, we're excited to be partnering with them as that's well. That's very exciting, and that's all overseen by Father Steve Bauer, who's a good friend of our office as well. So we're, we're excited that we can help him to further that cause. Um, and this is just such going to be such a great event. Yes, so I would yeah. encourage everybody to come. And just so everybody knows, the famous Father Loya will be there too. Yeah. <laughs> and those, those of you who yeah, so are... He'll be our MC for the night. Right. Um, and then it, it, it is also going to be a multimedia event as well. So not only will um, Danielle be singing, but we'll also have some video playing and um, hopefully... Um, a couple other um, aspects to the concert as well. All right, so the music means it's time to go. So it's been great talking <laughs> to you, Catherine. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that everyone will come to this concert. It's going to be so fabulous on October 9th, and they can get more information at respectlifechicago.org slash events. Okay, thank you all. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks to thank our um, to Mary Claire Birmingham for joining us earlier and to Todd Scribner from the USCCB. And we will see all of you again in October. God bless. I was dead in the grave. I was covered in sin and shame.